petroleum gas. Um, also, you know, it's, it's an important region, isn't it, for supply chains? Yes. yes, and also you're going to see a lot more military hardware in close proximity, right? I mean, you are going to see the U.S. patrolling uh, the, the seas a lot more actively in the, in the Asia-Pacific. Um, you'll probably see Japan putting more, uh, you know, naval vessels into the water, and you will have a lot more risk of day-to-day, you know, physical contact between the U.S. and China, Japan and China. So, you know, that itself is inherently dangerous. You will see, you know, more sort of, you know, MiG fighters in the air um, coming into conflict with one another, potentially. So that is something we'll have to watch. But I, I still tend to think that this is a big overreaction, not just from China, but I think from in the media, too. And again, I, I really don't think that I think about the Afghanistan moment where when Joe Biden pulled out of Afghanistan, everyone said, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. And a month later, no one talked about it. And I think that a month from now, uh, Biden and she will be talking about talking more and we'll move on to other things. I could be very wrong about that, but mm. that's my gut feeling. Okay, William, thank you very much. That's Tokyo-based journalist and author William Pesic. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In Tokyo, uh, the Nikkei 225 right now is up a quarter of a percent in Australia. The ASX 200 rising 0.1%. The Cosby is down about 0.2%. Looks like it's going to be a flat open for the Hang Seng in just under an hour's time. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock with Money Talk. Back chats coming up after the news with Jim Gould and Ada Wong. The weather forecast for today, cloudy, squally showers. Uh, and severe squally thunderstorms, which are going to be heavy at times. The temperatures are going to linger around 29 degrees during the day. There is a thunderstorm warning in force. The standby signal number one is also in force. It's 28 degrees right now, 81% relative humidity. Times 8.32. Here's Andrew Shrosky with the Half Hour News. Thank you, Peter. Business leaders and political parties have welcomed the government's decision to cut hotel quarantine for people arriving in Hong Kong to three days from seven. The DAB says it believes the government has struck a balance between public health risks and economic activity. But one of its lawmakers, Holden Chow, said business is now hoping for a clear strategy going forward. We would expect there will be an increase of inbound travelers, especially for business purpose. But at the same time, we have received the feedback from the business community. They welcome the decision made by the government, but they also expect a timetable to be given by the government on how to further relax the travel restrictions or even ultimately scrap the requirement on quarantine. And it's very important for the economy of Hong Kong. The hospital authority is warning parents to look out for signs of croup in children with COVID, saying that they should contact a doctor immediately. It comes after a 20-month-old girl required treatment in intensive care after testing positive for COVID on Friday. Her condition is now stable. A chief manager of the hospital authority, Lau Ka Hin, described the symptoms. When the patient gets the infections of the airway, the airway will swell and blockage the, the airflow, which can be a life-attending situation. Pediatrician wants to appeal to the public, especially for the parents, that if you find your child who has suffered from viral infection, for example, COVID-19 infection, and show difficulty in breathing, increasing breathing rate, and also suck some sucking of the uh, intercostal spaces and also maybe some hoarseness of the voices. Some of the costroider is some, some high-pitched sound during the breathing. Please bring the child 
to see the doctor or to go to the emergency department as soon as possible. The singer and actress Olivia Newton-John has died at the age of 73. Born in Britain, she grew up in Australia and went on to be a star in Hollywood. Best known for playing the role of Sandy Olsen in the musical Grease, the BBC's David Stilto looks back at her life. In 1978, Greece was the biggest film of the year. And for a young country singer called Olivia Newton-John, it changed everything. Born in Britain and brought up in Australia, she'd won a talent contest aged 15 and decided to be a singer. She worked with Cliff Richard, represented Britain at the Eurovision Song Contest, and then switched to country and moved to America, which led to Greece. After that came the film Xanadu, and then the single Physical which was a departure from her girl-next-door image. In 1992, she was diagnosed with cancer. 26 years later, it was back for a third time. The standby signal number one is currently hoisted, with the observatory saying it will remain in effect until at least 10 a.m. It said it would consider issuing the strong wind signal number three later, depending on changes in local winds. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Ada Wong. Good morning, Ada. Good morning, Jim. This morning we're talking about plans for the development of part of the golf course at Fun Ling for housing. Government officials have rejected suggestions from some members of the Advisory Council on the Environment for a rethink on the proposals, saying the land is required to help ease the housing shortage. New questions are being raised, though, about the need for the project now that uh, major plans are being drawn up for the northern metropolis. And earlier, the Executive Council convener, Regina Yip, who's a member of the Hong Kong Golf Club, which leases the site, said the new administration should consider scrapping the development plans, which she described as not cost-effective and counter to government commitments to support the development of sports. After 9.15, we'll talk about the initial uh, plans for Eastern North Street open space in Saiyingpun. That's an area along the central and western district waterfront promenade. Let us know what you think on any of this. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 and we'll have a, a number of uh, guests joining the programme this morning. Uh, but right now we have with us uh, on the line uh, Lao Chung Kong, who's a Managing Director for Valuation and Advisory Services in Asia with uh, Colliers and was a member of the former Land Supply Task Force. And also on the line is Dr Rita Lee, a Director of uh, Hong Kong Shuyan University's uh, Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre. Uh, good morning uh, to you both. Perhaps uh, Lao Chung Kong, if we could uh, go to you first. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, so, so good morning, you yeah. uh, Good morning, yeah. Um, what do you think of the latest uh, comments then about the development of the golf course? I think this is a very um, hot topic right now. And I think the concern about the um, ecological value um, of the space and how we integrate or, I mean, to be considered as a whole for the 
for the space over there. That, that means, I mean, um, the 32 hectares of land um, needs to be considered as a whole. Although I understand that, I mean, um, the, the government really wants to have more land for public housing development in particular. But the, the space that has been identified or proposed right now is, I mean, I would say very beautiful, yeah. Mm. Uh, but, but it turns out only nine hectares will be used uh, for building public housing. But nine hectares uh, is still, uh, uh, I would say, a big amount of space. Mm. Mm. And that, if you look at what the government have proposed, I mean, so far, <laughs> they, they, are, they, they intend the maximum capacity that can be allowed over there could be up to, I mean... Um, Roughly, I mean, 12,000 units, which is not a small amount of, I mean, units in Hong Kong. Yeah. That, that could house about 30 uh, odd thousand people, right? Yes, yeah. although, I mean, um, it is yet to be ascertained whether that piece of land can, I mean, um, can actually house so much, uh, so many units, because the density would be, I mean, uh, I would say very high over there. I mean, given a large part of land, but you house anything over there. Um, Mr. Lau, you you were a member of the former land supply task force. I still remember that in 2018, when um, it was announced uh, that um, you know that the the whole proposal, the comprehensive proposal, uh, you know, which uh, was uh, submitted to the then chief executive, included the um, um, development redevelopment of part of the uh, Fanling Golf Course as uh, public housing. It was actually received. Uh, very positively, uh, you know, in society. Uh, but three years ha- have passed, and now um, people are talking about ecological value. People are talking about cost effectiveness. Were you surprised? Um, I would say that the, because the, the topic has been uh, hotly debated over the years, not just since I mean um, the formation of the task force on land supply. I recall that I've, I've written an article as early as 2012 that people have been suggesting, I mean, to, to develop part of the, the golf course. And that's why, although um, there are, are lots of, I mean, public comments that the, the golf course should not be um, used just by a small un, a number of I mean, um, people in Hong Kong, but to have more open up um, of the space. The, the task force on that supply have looked at the, the proposal and under, understood at that time <laughs> this is a very controversial situation. And that, I mean, um, the, the, I would say the detail or the technical studies would be required to see whether the land or partial uh, part of the land would be suitable for development purpose. We, we already looked at, at that time the, um, the limitation of the road capacity um, the small road, which right now, I mean, divide the golf course into two, I mean, two portions. I mean, it's not a, a main road as such. And that there are also concerns about, I mean, traffic congestion at that time already. Um, I think right now the, the main issue that we, we see is after the, um, the publication of the environmental impact assessment report, there are, I mean, um, different views on that. And that when I read, read through the subcommittee um, of the advisory um, council of the environment about the, the, the report submit, submitted by, I mean, um, the CEDD, that means the government department responsible for the development of the new territories, there are lots of concerns and, and, and issues raised. And that's why for, for present-day Hong Kong, I mean, we are very 
I mean, mindful of how we can, I mean, conserve and protect our environment. And if it is a really a beautiful piece of land, how we should be able to best use of it. Uh, okay. Well, also with us is uh, Dr. Rita Lee. Good morning to you. Morning. Morning, uh, Director of Hong Kong Chu Yan University's uh, Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre. Um, it's been pointed out uh, that uh, now we have plans for major development close to the border, uh, the northern metropolis. Uh, is it still necessary? Do you think to uh, to take uh, uh, 32 hectares of the 170 odd uh, hectare golf course back for public housing? Well, let's look at the data first. Like for the Hong Kong population growth is actually negative 0.09% in 2021 and less than 1% since uh, 2002. And then if we try to compare the case of like China, because it is the main place for which that we have got a, a population uh, uh, that it may be like coming to Hong Kong. If we try to look at China, uh, the population growth is like 0% in, uh, in 2022. And then uh, the China's uh, uh, fertility rate, it actually slipped to 1.3 in, uh, in 2020 and 1.15 in 2021. And in aging Japan, it is actually 1.3. So what does it mean? So it means that actually no matter it's like Hong Kong's population growth and also when China's population growth, it does not tell us that there is a strong demand and huge demand for the housing in the future. And then if we look at the Fanning's Golf Course, it is actually it was actually built in 1911, which has a very long history. And then uh, it uh, it holds uh, some of the fam- very famous Hong Kong uh, Open scenes like 19. 19- uh, 1959. So it means that it has got a very, uh, a very long history, and then it also has got some of the heritage value because uh, over there there are some numerous uh, graves on the ground, and then at least eight of them was dated back to Ming and Qing dynasties, and many of them they are actually still worshipped by the villagers, and then three buildings there are actually created historical buildings. So uh, all these just tell us that. New Matt, so that is like, um, uh, if we talk about the, the place in itself, that he has got a very strong heritage value. And then up, uh, alongside of that, uh, it has got a, uh, it has got a, a lot of like he- uh, ecological uh, value for which that uh, it has got like protected mammals, birds, bats, turtles, uh, butterflies, uh, ancient trees, uh, which includes like the endangered Chinese swamps, uh, cypress. So um, there are also like 33 active beehives and then uh, butterfly garden, etc. So it means that all these just tell us that no matter that it's like from the demand perspective, uh, from the heritage perspective, from ecological perspective, it is not really viable. And looking at the present situation scenario for the traffic impact assessment, for which Mr. Kong has mentioned just now, uh, actually it is quite traffic, uh, there is a like traffic congestion now. And then if you try to put the night hectares of people there, and then with further uh, pressurize that, uh, that place for the traffic, um, I, I actually can't see why that we have to have got such a, uh, such a, uh, a reason, a very strong reason for that kind of the uh, that kind of the development of a place for which it has got like historical heritage and then uh, and, and then uh, heritage value and then the demand is like obviously for housing is like dropping. It is not uh, increasing. So uh, I, I I actually I I think uh, we have to uh, we consider whether or not that there are some other places which may be much more uh, viable in mm. terms of like. Uh, uh, providing the places for the people to healthy. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, do- yeah. Dr. Lee, um, 
Yes, uh, we, we do notice the negative growth of population, and um, last year's figures were 39,000 new births. So, so um, But you know, it has been a declining trend, and I, I thought that in 2018-2019, when um, the issue was hotly debated, as Mr. Lau said, um, you know, it, um, it surely, you know, these um, data, these figures have been, um, you know, taken into consideration, and now three years, um, you know, went by. Now we look at these figures and we don't think that this is a good decision. So, you know, I mean, did, did people talk about the population decline uh, in, in three years ago? Well, in three years ago, the population declined. That it may not be that obvious. The main reason is that there are so many people from mainland China that they are coming to Hong Kong. But then, why? Uh, when we talk about the uh, the data that we have seen at present moment, at uh, at uh, I mean, uh, in 2022, I would say that in China, because the population growth is also dropping, so we have to take into take this into consideration. So, if we try to look at the whole world. Uh, so where is the uh, place for which we have got the population growth? Then probably it's just like uh, Africa and so India. But then I don't think that these two places are the place for which we have got a, an increase in the population growth because of these two places. Uh, because like in Africa, for example, uh, quite a number of them, they speak in French, so they moved to France. So if you go to France uh, two to three years ago, for example, you found that uh, more than half of them in Paris are actually in black. So that, this is the phenomenon which is like happening. And then if we talk about the case in uh, Fanning, uh, putting aside this factor, uh, if we talk about the, uh, the location in itself, is there any good job, uh, job opportunities? Now, if we talk about public housing, public housing individuals, they are not driving their cars. So it means that they need to have got very good location in terms of like jobs and also like school uh, opportunities. So are there any like uh, very famous schools that attract a lot of the people who would like to, I mean, the public one that will, they would like to stay there? So it means that actually for those that they are not very wealthy, they actually need to have a place for which is like uh, much more closer to the to the place for which they can find a job. And then uh, so uh, if we try to take this into uh, consideration, there's also another reason why that it may not be a good place for, for them. So how you can attract the people uh, to live there with a like, very serious like, public uh, conjunction if we have further uh, huge population moving in. And then uh, where the job uh, may, not be, uh, uh, may not be available and the schooling is also an issue. So if you try to look at the, uh, uh, the housing development, we are not just talking about like we have to develop, but we have to talk about like what sort of facilities is there. So we are not trying to pack in some animals in a place, but then we have to talk about what sort of the facilities is, uh, uh, that is available over there. Okay. So are there any other alternatives that it may be possible rather than like uh, in these sort of areas? Well, stay with us. Um, I, I do have a, a statement from the golf course, which I'll read out in a moment, uh, making a, a number of points that you did a, a little bit earlier there, uh, Rita Lee. But uh, just before that, uh, we have another guest on the line now, uh, Brian Wong, who's a member of the LIBOR research community. Uh, good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us. So, uh, so, uh, so where do you stand now on this? What, what, what is still a, an ongoing controversy? 
I think the government cannot brush aside the result of an established public consultation entirely. The proposal, the current proposal, of course I'm talking about the public housing project proposal, Mm -hmm. uh, is based on an extensive public consultation exercise uh, held by the task force of land supply in 2018. At the time and also currently, the the public has a very strong opinion uh, on the issue of private uh, recreational leases uh, that whether uh, the golf courses and other and also other uh, clubhouses are um, uh, that that they are occupying a large piece of uh, uh, land and other kind of resources uh, on a very cheap rent. That this thing, whether or not it is, this is justify, justifiable, uh, the public has a very strong opinion, and it has been heard by the by the government uh, at that time. That's why we have this. Um, proposal now. So if the government decides to brush aside the entire, uh, the result of this entire public consultation, that will set a very bad precedent case for the future uh, public consultation exercises. Because the public would no longer believe that the government would genuinely listen to the people of Hong Kong. And if some other people say that, uh, well, because, because there are new information uh, arises. Uh, that's that, that's why we cannot. Uh, well, well th- th- there was an opinion yesterday saying that there's no reason to adhere to what was decided rigidly. Okay, if another new piece of information arises, then I suggest that the government should hold another round of fresh consultation to to to, to listen to the people of Hong Kong whether or not it is still. Uh, a, a good choice to uh, well, to develop a part of the golf courses. I think the public has already uh, voiced out a very fresh, a very strong opinion uh, to this uh, issue. So, so I think if the, if the golf courses or other people are very com- uh, are, are very confused about what's going on next because we have a new piece of information, just suggest to the public that just to suggest to the government that hold another fresh consultation. Yeah. But we do now have plans for the uh, northern metropolis, uh, you know, to house uh, two and a half million people, um, something like that. I mean, uh, yeah. so the, the question would be raised, I guess. I mean, is the taking back a part of the golf course for public housing still necessary in that context? It's necessary mm. because it will provide, a, uh, provide a, a, a very large amount of public housing. If we talk, if we are talking about thirteen thousand public housing units, that's almost a year's worth of public housing supply, um, according to past statistics. And it is quite difficult to locate a single piece of um, land that is um, very concentrated that we can build public housing on with a lot of facilities around. And this piece of land is also very; uh, it's just next to. Existing new town. It's not very. It's not a very remote place. If you look, if you look at the Google map, then you can already see uh, there are public housing estates just adjacent to the proposed site. And also in recent years, there are some other private residential developments just nearby the site. So it already tells the potential, the development potential of that site. Uh, if the land adjacent to it has can be developed. 
why can't we study the feasibility of building public housing in that piece of land? I think the problem is not so difficult to be overcome. So I think the public should, um, I mean, the government also the public should um, discuss the issue uh, not in a very emotional way. I think the public also, uh, I think the government also, of course, need to identify now that the problem is whether or not the land resources are being used equally or justifiably. Okay, um, Brian Wong, there, there's also suggestions that um, uh, if the golf club commits to uh, developing the sport of golf and allowing the public to use the space, uh, I think you've heard the argument before, um, you know, and then there's the ecological value of that 30-odd hectares. Um, that that is to be built uh, for for the public housing and uh, hundreds of trees to be axed. Now, um, do do you think you would change your mind, or do you think that the 2018 decision should stand still? Well, the if you look at the uh, environmental impact assessment report, uh, in general, uh, the area the sub area A, uh, sub area one, that is where the nine hectares of the current plan that will be built in uh, uh, that, that, that the public housing will be built. Uh, well, the area in general, uh, the report says that the landscape and visual impacts of the development would be acceptable with mitigation measures. This are um, this is a general direction, and I think the uh, uh, the, the, the environmental council the, the, the meeting yesterday did not dispute this fact. So. I think the, the general direction is that that part of the golf courses can be uh, can, can, can be put into consideration whether or not to, um, the, uh, the public housing should be built. So uh, I think the, in terms of ecological value, there are already some findings about that part of the golf courses. So I think that uh, it is very clear. And secondly, about the uh, public access, uh, I think if the golf courses have pledged the the, um, uh, the government that they were open to the public, uh, that would be a good thing. But I think we also need to look at the uh, um, about about the land rent because still uh, the golf courses are still uh, um, using the, that piece of land. I mean, the hundred, over a hundred hectares of uh, public land at a very low rent, uh, at a very, also a very low premium. So they are practically um, being subsidized by the public. So whether or not they should be, uh, they should be still retained as a, pub, a private club, um, uh, that is a very uh, debated question. Okay. That, that should be debated, yeah. Uh, so uh, if, mm. the, if, the pub, uh, if the clubhouse wants to open more to the public, they should open more gen- uh, I mean, more meaningfully. They should open mm. to, the club, uh, to, to, to the public 
But you could, I mean, that could be argued. That. I mean, that, that's a different issue for, to whether or yep. not uh, part of the course uh, should be built on. But uh, um, um, let me just read the statement uh, from the golf course. It says, uh, uh, the old course at the Hong Kong Golf Club is a living heritage site containing graves dating back to the Ming Dynasty. It's also a site of great ecological importance and is home to many old and rare trees of significant conservation value. The club has been supporting the development of golf in Hong Kong ever since the old course was built in 1911. Notably, the old course is where the Hong Kong Open, the city's longest-running professional sports event, started. Taking away eight holes of the old course would not only adversely impact the city's golf development, but also destroy the heritage, ecology and integrity of what has evolved to become an important international icon of Hong Kong, a place where human activities, history and nature coexist harmoniously. Um, that is the uh, position of uh, the golf uh, club, the Hong Kong uh, Golf Club. But um, uh, Lao Chung Kong, uh, could I ask you, what, what about Brian Wong's um, uh, assertion just now that uh, going back on previous government uh, decisions on development like this would set a very bad precedent? I think, I think we need to be mindful. I mean, um, the task force on that supply is um, was asking, I mean, um, the government to look at this option or the source of land. And this um, option would need to tackle or address those sort of, I mean, um, legislative concerns and also, I mean, um, the technical issues. And I think for the, for the um, uh, legislation, the environmental impact assessment is one of the major issues that we need to take care of. Uh, there are other issues like the, I mean, um, monument and antiquities, I mean, issues. But for, for Brian, when he, I mean, talk about the, the, the report submitted by the CEDD or the government, he did not address what the uh, Environmental Impact Assessment Subcommittee has, I mean, raised during the meeting on the 18th of July. Because, I mean, during that meeting, there have a lot of, I mean, deliberation mm. on the report. And there are various issues identified which some of the members of the committee have raised their concern or their disagreement of the same. Okay, and okay. That's sorry, yeah. let, me, let me just interrupt you there, sorry, because we've got to take a break uh, for the news at nine o'clock. We'll be back uh, at uh, three minutes past. Uh, uh, stay with us. Uh, a quick uh, look at the weather. Cloudy with uh, squally showers and uh, thunderstorms. Uh, this thunderstorm warning is in effect and will remain so until 10.30. And is the T1 standby signal is also in effect. 1992, she was diagnosed with cancer. 26 years later, it was back for a third time. You're listening to the news on RTHK. And welcome back to Backchat with Ada Wong and me, Jim Gould. And this morning, uh, in our main subject, we're talking about uh, the proposals for the development of part of the uh, golf course at Fan Ling. Uh, that is after... Um, government officials uh, rejected suggestions from uh, some members of the Advisory Council on the Environment for a rethink of the uh, proposals. Uh, we have with us uh, Lao Chung Kong, who's Managing Director for Valuation and Advisory Services in Asia with uh, Colliers, and who uh, was a member of the former Land Supply Task Force. And also joining us uh, now... Uh, we have uh, Lam Chu Ying, uh, the chairman of the Hong Kong Countryside Foundation. Um, 
before I come back to our two guests, uh, I'd just like to read some emails from listeners on the subject. Uh, so this from James says, public housing versus the exclusive so-called sport of golf at a club for the elite, a sport that takes up more area than effort. Perhaps Mrs Ip, that's uh, Regina Ip, the executive council convener, uh, would support Fan Ling to become a public golf course. Uh, under her vision of Hong Kong, children would be taught uh, national security, golf, polo and how to make crustless cucumber sandwiches and jugs of pims. I would like Mrs Ip to consider the value for money as well as the cost to the climate to maintain a golf course. Uh, in her new role, perhaps she can redress these double standards that she mentions. Action is uh, action, is action and words are yesterday's tweet. Um, MT says, what employment is available for residents in the area? What transport links? It's not about the flats only, a political decision that needs to be reversed. Um, this one from Mark says, there are lots of arguments to retain the golf course, but if it's retained, make it a public course and not a millionaire's club and playground for rich people who consider themselves elite. And if population growth doesn't require the development, then I assume Regina Ip will support the cancellation of Lantau tomorrow. Um, just to add there, um, I'm pretty sure uh, Regina Ip actually abstained on the uh, Lantau tomorrow uh, proposals or, or related uh, uh, matters. Um, just going back fairly recently, um, Richard says, uh, "What does the administration?" supporting the sports sector have to do with a private golf club with an exclusive membership that excludes the public for the most part. This is on our Facebook page, by the way. If the government uh, were really committed, they would keep the course and open it up to the rest of Hong Kong. Well, at least on Fridays when we're wearing sports clothes. Uh, thank you, Richard. That's uh, an allusion to dress casual and dress sporty Fridays. Um, uh, okay, uh, Lam Chu Ying, Chairman of the yes. Hong Kong Countryside Foundation. Um, thanks for joining us. So, um, uh, having heard all of that, um, what's, what's your opinion? Well, the, the, the vision of the Hong Kong Countryside Foundation is that uh, the Fanning Golf Course should eventually become the Hong Kong People's Central Plaza. Oh, uh, sorry, <laughs> Central Park. The Hong Central Kong Park. People's Central mm -hmm. Park. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you see, London has Hyde Park, New York has its Central Park. Both are more than a hundred hectares, and uh, we Hong Kong, which claims to be a world uh, world city uh, and a world metropolis, we 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 should have a Central Park of comparable size and of course quality. And the only place in Hong Kong that would qualify for a central park for a metropolis would be the present Fanning Golf Course. Uh, our position is that uh, governments should, should eventually re, uh, take back the land from the golf course and turn it into a place where everyone in Hong Kong could go to enjoy themselves. Mm. Um, well, what so, about housing? What about mm. 12,000 flats that have already been sort of decided? Yes, uh, you see, uh, we we have to to to, to uh, look at this in a, in a big picture manner. Uh, we 
we have to reserve open space for the for for seven million people in Hong Kong, so that they can release the pressure accumulated during the week. So we have the interest of seven million people in this central park. And uh, when it comes to housing, it's only a matter of eight or nine hectares at the moment, according to the proposed scheme. And you might not realize that actually the government, which used to be very slow in resuming land, has been accelerating. And uh, in the past couple of years, it has already resumed 120 hectares. So there is no lack of land. The, you could easily take nine hectares or eight hectares out of that 120 and turn it into the same uh uh, uh, same housing estate design. So the, the, the critical point is that we have an alternative to this this uh, piece of land from the golf course. And the, the, it, it so happens that this this part of the golf course east of the uh, Fenling to Kempton uh, uh, route is the oldest part of the golf course and it has a very mature vegetation cover and a, a, a highly endangered species uh, the uh, Chinese cypress is located in this area mm. uh, a relic population of this very uh, endangered species that's, um, a ty- that's a type of tree right we can't exchange a, a very, something of permanent value for a few years of time for a small number of people compared mm. with the interest of 7 million people. Mm. Mm. Uh, talking about world-class assets, uh, at Kong, it's been pointed out that uh, um, other, other cities uh, where, where golf is played and enjoyed um, um, have more golf courses than Hong Kong does. I mean, can we afford uh, to lose uh, this uh, asset from that point of view? Uh, we we have an, another vision, and that is. Hang on. Uh, sorry, it's the, the, still lunch yet. Yes, sorry, go on. Yeah, go, go, go. I, I think I mean Hong Kong. I mean the the leakage. I mean the the lacking of golf course has been identified, mm. um, and that's why I mean um, when we discussed about that. I mean a few years ago we had the task force on land supply. I think only part of the golf course, I mean, uh, have been identified for this purpose. Mm. And that's why I, I agree with Mr. Lam that, I mean, we do need to preserve a very valuable piece of land, which we cannot replace easily. Because, I mean, it has a history of something, I mean, more, more than 100 years, the trees have been grown there, I mean, uh, very mature, very, very beautiful. And that's how we can make good use of these 32 hectares of land which have been identified so far. It's critical, yeah. But uh, on on the northern metropolis and and also Lantau tomorrow, of course, uh, that you know that part of the uh, land will be ready only a few years later. But do you think that uh, if um, this golf course uh, uh, development is stopped, uh, where could we find the extra land to um, uh, to make up the shortfall of the twelve thousand units? Yeah, either I think I mean Mr. Lam has also made a good point here. Because what we have seen most recently of the government action, there are at least two very major, I mean, short-term measures. First of all, um, they opened up, I mean, the idea to re-examine uh, those green belt, I mean, zone to see whether they are suitable sites, which can be um, going through the tampering process, I mean, uh, and then, I mean, they, they can be developed. This is the first point. 
And I think the second point is of more importance is those, I mean, new development areas, like, for example, in Kudong, I mean, um, Yunong South and Hong Shui Kiu, where the government have already announced there is a general policy to increase the pot ratio for public housing by 30% and private uh, residential housing by another 20% in pot ratio, and they also relax um, the, the building height. The, the issue at the moment is how the infrastructure can be further strengthened in this of NDA because they are just next to the new town. As Mr. Ban Wong have just mentioned, we have still have a lot of area which are at the periphery of those existing new towns, which we can tap into and make better use of them. But why now? Because many of the planning initiatives are still on the play path by the government. We need actual actions to build the roads, to build the railway, sewage, and, and water supply, etc. That's why for the short, short term, I think the government needs to push further ahead on their NDA development and possibly increase or include some of the peripheral land into the scheme. Okay. Okay, we, we have a caller, James. Good morning. Hi, good morning, everybody. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I actually live near the golf course, so I... I uh, I know quite a lot about it. Also, I'm the chairman of Clear, Clear the Air, but I'm not a member of the golf club. But I will say this. The road, the Fancam Road, which goes past the golf course, is totally inadequate at the moment. It's too narrow. It's uh, both sides of the road. They have trees which can't be removed. They're old and protected. And uh, once, once they build this new extension, the only way out is going to be through Ping Kong Village, which is at the back, way away from Fang Kong Road. And that road is so narrow, it then exits near the North District Hospital, which is now being doubled in size. It's going to be an utter disaster to try and get to the railway station. Once they get to the railway station, the, the current platforms are far too narrow to handle the extra number of people. And there's no place to have a, a basically increase the, the number of buses going in and out of there. They haven't thought about these things. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but James, uh, this uh, part of the golf course to be redeveloped or uh, supposed to be redeveloped, it's only 800 metres uh, from the Shengshou uh, MTR. So I guess, uh, you know, it would take like 10 minutes to walk to that MTR and... and I would suggest that you go and have a look yourself and then come back and try and repeat what you've just said. The only way out is onto this road, which has basically got uh, uh, several schools, three or four schools, and through a housing estate, which has got 30,000 people living in it. It's going to be a disaster. Mm. You just have to walk the area and you will realise they haven't thought about these things. Mm. Uh, okay, Lao uh, Chung uh, Kong, do you have any insight on that, on the, on the, on the road structure around the area? I think um, that has been identified really in day one mm. about the Bankham Road, which is narrow, and the road congestion there. And that's why when we look at the, I mean, district council level, I mean, there are lots of oppositions, I mean, on, on the traffic grounds on this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, um, um, Lam Chu Ying, sorry, I um, interrupted you earlier. You, you, yes. you, yes. you were making a point. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, although we are thinking in terms of a central park for Hong Kong people, yeah. uh, in our mind, it, it, it doesn't exclude 
the possibility of having the venue for an international golf competition. Mm. Uh, it, it is a matter of what you might say careful curation of how you use the venue. It's like in the uh, Grand Prix in Macau. The roads are usually for every, everyday transport, but then mm. you can use it for the Grand Prix on selected days. Mm. So uh, it, it's just a matter of how you carefully uh, make good use of the land. Uh, so uh, the, government, the argument that uh, turning into a central park would exclude the possibility of uh, world-class golf competition taking place in Hong Kong doesn't really stand. Of course, uh, there's a lot of detail work which has to be done to, to realize that possibility, but it is our vision that the place should go to the people of Hong Kong, not to the so-called elites or the rich people. Uh, and... Uh, the, the the part about these eight to nine hectares for public housing, uh, we have to see in the greater context, as Mr. Lau Chun Kong has said, mm. uh, the government now has land on its hands after uh, a couple of years of hard effort. So uh, please don't use the, uh, uh, the urgency argument to say that we must destroy the forest there because the forest once destroyed, won't come back again. So it's a matter of uh, how we would build an ecological civilization, which is now part of our constitution. Uh, China is no longer a place where we cut down trees for so-called development. It is a place where we now value ecology uh, uh, against uh, sort of a uh, short-term profits and so on. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that, very interesting. Thanks very much uh, for uh, joining us. Uh, it'd be good to talk some more about uh, your uh, uh, Central Park idea at some stage. Um, but um, nice to have you on the programme. That was uh, Lam Chu Ying, uh, the chairman of the Hong Kong Countryside Foundation. Uh, thanks very much to Lao Chung Kong, Managing Director for Valuation and Advisory Services in Asia for Colliers, and who was a member of the former Land Supply Task Force. And then before nine o'clock, we heard from Dr. Rita Lee, a director of uh, Hong Kong Xuyan University's Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre, and Brian Wong, a member of the LIBER research community. Um, I have a few more emails uh, from uh, listeners on the topic, and then we'll be switching our attention to the uh, 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 central and western waterfront. Um, more uh, development issues. But uh, um, this one from uh, David says uh, there are lots of wealthy tourists flying to Hong Kong that do actually like to play golf around the circuits in Asia. So you're killing another golden tourist area. Uh, plus the public want uh, fresh air and greenery to look at. Uh, we don't want to kill ourselves by breathing more construction dust and creating more respiratory problems. Um, Alan says... The report trying to support the development proposal is biased uh, to try and justify it. The acknowledgement of the ecological value of the majority of the area is a clear indication of the value as a whole. The three holes of the golf course are uh, equally as valuable as lines cannot be drawn in the grass on such value. Uh, the perception of elitism at the time this was originally proposed, uh, brought sport into politics 
and the decision to take back the course was a knee-jerk reaction on the government's part to take what was easily available without proper consideration of what the land value was and the, to the environment and ecology. Public perception has now changed with more consideration of what is involved and the opening up of private recreational facilities to the public. That from Alan. Um, Eric writes, North District Council and Sheung Shui District Rural Committee both voted unanimously against the partial development. Also, out of uh, uh, 1,451 comments provided to the EPD and CEDD, 99.9% .9 voted against the project and said the CEDD's uh, EIA, that's Environmental Impact Assessment, should not be approved. This shows public sentiment is 100% opposed to developing Fan Ling compared to the uh, borderline 4% uh, more favouring developing uh, 4,600 units in Land uh, Task Force 2018. OK, thanks for that, uh, Eric. Mark says... Uh, uh, political leaders are elected to make decisions. A public consultation guides the government. It does not dictate its policies. Public consultation is a severe weakness in Hong Kong. Um, Mike says, uh, I know Hong Kong has changed a lot, but developers still rule. Are decisions still firstly made to benefit developers uh, first, then the people? If a 10% profit limit on developers was introduced, we might find the truth. And Alan writes, uh, the rent is 3% of the rateable value, not the $1,000 that was widely touted at the time. That was the nominal premium. This percentage of RV applies to all leases in Hong Kong. Um, this issue has uh, obviously... Uh, 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 given rise to a lot more public uh, interest so thank you to everybody who wrote in um, and thanks to our listeners and I'm pretty sure it's a subject that we'll be uh, returning to Ada at uh, some stage because there is uh, still quite a lot that's still to be decided um, uh, anyway for the last uh, 10 minutes of the programme we're going to be switching our attention two uh, plans for um, another development and that is the Eastern North Street sorry Eastern Street North open space in Saying Pun that's an area along the central and western district waterline promenade um, the DAB party has uh, done a survey uh, on this and has come up with uh, various uh, recommendations and the, the, the plans are, the, the government proposals are to develop the area and include uh, such uh, facilities as an uh, intergenerational play space, a multi-purpose activity space, uh, open space observation deck, ref uh, refreshment kiosk and so on. Um, also, the question of pet-friendly spaces uh, looms quite large in all of this. Um, we're joined on the line now, I think, I hope, by uh, Paul Zimmerman, who's a member of the Harbour Front Commission. Uh, Paul Zimmerman, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, I'm here. So, good. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, OK, so uh, w what do you think about all this? Well, it's a project to upgrade um, that, that section at Zion yeah. Poon. Um, uh, that section of the waterfront. It's been open for quite some time with uh, temporary facilities and 
it, it's, there is now plans to upgrade it. We've looked at it two years ago at the Harbourfront Commission, and um, uh, there were plans presented, and there were various comments made, and um, some of those have been adopted, some of them have not, and uh, the government is now proceeding. Uh, they've gone to LegCo uh, with a paper to get $200 million for the upgrade. Uh, for those people who are familiar with the area in uh, Sainpun, this is behind the, um, the the entrance to the um, Western Tunnel. Right. Um, mm. so. uh, Paul, um, mm. this is actually the area next to the Sun Yat-sen Memorial Park and also behind you know that um, Memorial Park Sports Centre, which has been used as a vaccination centre you know, for yes. those who live in that area. Um, I, I've walked around that area, and um, it's fairly nice. Uh, why do we need um, 200 million to upgrade it? I, I think a lot of people in this DAP survey said, you know, they would just like to take a stroll after dinner, and um, I think nobody wants to um, sort of overdevelop uh, that piece of land. Yeah, I, I, I am somewhat conflicted here. Uh, you know, one one, one mind. Um, the uh, you know to upgrade the area it was a temp it was a temporary facility so to kind of put in the the, the, the more permanent facilities is, a, is 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 this part of the process of upgrading the waterfront all around the harbour so and this section was uh, was due for some work um, the conflict really is on 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 what to to be done here and I think the uh, the DAB survey has highlighted this. this um, this issue about dock walking, um, and, and there are still sections along the waterfront where uh, docks are not permitted. And um, waterfront promenades, really, in, in my mind, are of a similar status as, as, as a sidewalk along on, along the road. It, it should be very publicly accessible. It allows people to connect uh, different parts of the city, and um, you know, to treat them as park areas. I think that is. Uh, uh, that, that is a, that's a real issue. The, the second thing is, I think, on this plan, and then that has been introduced here, is the is the kind of play area with sand and water, um, and and the people are concerned about that. Um, the issue was raised in the Harbourfront Committee meeting, but I, I noticed that there wasn't much of a response to it. Um, yeah, at one hand, I'm, I'm again, I'm conflicted here in the sense that. You know, we got 50 kilometers of waterfront to fix up, and if a section on the waterfront somewhere will have a play facility with sand and water, why not? Um, so the issue then is, uh, is, is can it be done safely? Um, can it be done so that people can enjoy it? Um, and especially when it's rainy right now, everybody will wonder why would you have sand? <laughs> um, and there are some concerns raised from residents over hygiene issues. We don't have a lot of sand play area for kids, and um, why not experiment with a sand play area for kids? Um, one can discuss whether to be in this location or another location, um, but why not? Yeah, um, Paul, uh, well, I, I think uh, people were less worried about um, uh, the sand play area, uh, and they actually wanted a more pet-friendly facilities, which I actually agree with them. Now, if we look at the Wan Chai uh, waterfront promenade, uh, there is a fenced-off 
or actually a bricked off uh, area for pets, but you still have to bring the pets inside and then you have to take them out. So it's actually not a good idea to, to have the waterfront like, uh, in, like in bits and pieces, like you know, this 50 meters could be for pets and those 50 meters uh, you know, should not allow pets and that doesn't work, as you know. So um, what, what's the uh, Harbourfront Commission's idea of pet-friendly waterfronts? Well, the, the, the Harbourfront Commission is quite, uh, is very supportive of pets uh, and pet-friendly. Basically, um, you know, people should be able to walk the waterfronts with their pets. Uh, we also like to have waterfronts where people can go with their bicycle and kids with all kind of uh, mobility devices. Um, the, the, the concern we have uh, is... is uh, we, is with LCSD. LCSD has a concern, uh, sort of me, because uh, we have a problem with LCSD. They, they're very slow in uh, adopting, opening up waterfronts to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to pets. It, it comes from a, the tradition that the pleasure grounds in Hong Kong were uh, basically inaccessible to pets, and, and, only, and the LCSD is only very slowly adopting a more open uh, approach to allowing pets in and they're doing it very piecemeal um, step by step because there are people complaining about it. Uh, once you make a change like that, there is always somebody complaining and LCSD doesn't really have a good mechanism to identify whether it's three people complaining or a million people complaining. You know, for, for them, every complaint is an issue and a headache and, and so they, they, so the complaint avoidance is what uh, what makes them move very slow in opening up these uh, these park areas and waterfront areas for pets. Okay. Well, uh, thanks very much uh, for that, uh, Paul Zimmerman. Uh, we're out of time, so we'll have to bring the programme to a close uh, in a moment. That was Paul Zimmerman, a member of the Harbour Front Commission. Uh, just before we do, uh, just a few more comments uh, on the golf club, uh, which I should read out. This one from Phil in response to what uh, Brian Wong was saying of the uh, LIBA research community, about who's, who was saying it would be uh, set a very bad precedent for uh, the government to reverse earlier development uh, decisions. But... Uh, Phil says, I think Brian Wong is now in denial about the Fundling Golf Club development. Time has moved on and all the reports clearly highlight that the golf club is not suitable for development of housing. Let's all remember, it's not the Fundling Golf Club, it is the Hong Kong Golf Club which has a major historical value. Um, David says, uh, so it looks like they're going to rip out all of the trees. So much for Hong Kong going green. And uh, Vic says uh, the aim uh, shouldn't be to provide uh, houses for uh, future citizens and residents, or that shouldn't be the uh, immediate focus. He says we have to house people living in cage homes today. Hong Kong residents deserve better. That from Vic. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, thanks to everybody who contributed. Um,